This is the Timber and Steel Podcast. Here we take on topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and we make them relevant to regular people just like us. So sit back, relax, and I hope you learn something. Great. Good morning. Good morning. Are we recording? We are. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what we do. We have to record. That's why we're here. It's been like a month. It has been a month. What have you been doing with yourself, Clayton? Well, I uh, sprained my ankle playing soccer a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I've been trying to rest that. And every time it feels better, I do something that makes it feel not great. So first I worked out on it and that was not great. Mm -hmm. And then this past Wednesday, I stepped off of a curb, not on purpose, but anyway, I rolled it again. So and. I'm just kind of chilling a lot. It's been, after I spent like a couple hours on my feet, I am hurting. So just kind of been putting my feet up, relaxing. Bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer, but it's okay. What have you been up to? Been working, mm-hmm. doing our 800 gram challenge, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a couple weeks. That's about it. Yeah. Getting ready for snow. Yeah. They're supposed to be getting like... A lot. A lot. Maybe so 9 exciting. to 11 inches is yeah. what that is forecasted. Yeah. But so far, we're not seeing that, at least here in, in our little town. Yeah. So maybe other parts of the valley, they're getting more. But So I don't I don't know if we're going to get that much. But anyway, what would, what would you do if uh, you got snowed in? I would love to get snowed in. I, you know, I got a puzzle started right now. Ooh. I love books. We... We've been, we have a new book club that I've got a book to read. I am in the mood to purge clothes. Mm. Like I'm in that, was it Marie Kondo? Like, Mm -hmm. does it bring you joy? I'm ready to do like spring cleaning in January. Yeah. So I think I would be very productive. Awesome. I'd probably, I don't know. I would like to say that I'd go outside and play, but my ankle, it's good. It would be, I wouldn't be able to do much. Yeah. So, but uh, I like playing in the snow. So yeah. going sledding or something like that would be fun, but I yeah. think I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably just read a book, chill in the house for, because I'm injured, but I'm on the injured list. Yeah. Make anyway. French toast because everybody gets eggs, bread, and milk when storms come. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I ate already today. I don't and we never get so much snow that it's like no. you're snowed in. No, no, but no. things do shut down yeah. just because people don't go out. It just cracks so, me up that yeah. people get eggs, bread, milk. And I always wonder, how much French toast do you think you're gonna make yeah. when you get snowed in? Yeah. But, and they didn't you didn't buy syrup, so then what? Yeah. Maybe they just have giant vats of syrup. Does everyone else have giant vats of syrup in their house and I'm the only one that doesn't? Is that I, I don't. Is that a thing I didn't learn about? No. As as a young person, my and your ute, my ute, yeah. All right. What are we talking about this morning? We're going to talk about functional and beneficial movements. Maybe functional versus beneficial movements. So years ago, we had a member here at the gym, and we had a workout. The workout of the day was run a five k which is a workout that most people don't love. Mm -hmm. And it's a day that a lot of people skip, but he didn't skip. He showed up. He absolutely hated it. And he's like, why in the world are you making me run a 5k? There is no reason in my life that I would ever 
run a 5K. And so that kind of planted the, I mean, I explained to him why we do it and I still believe it's a very valuable thing, but but he said something effective. I thought everything we do here is supposed to be functional. And this is not, like this is not functional in that I am going to do this in my everyday life. This stuff mm-hmm. is supposed to mimic my everyday life. And, and so that like, hmm, we say functional movements, but not everything we do is necessarily functional. Some things are beneficial. So I thought we'd take a deeper dive into kind of talking about those sorts of things and making some distinctions. And, and there, there isn't always a clear line. Some things are both. And anyway, so we'll just explore that. All right. Okay. So let's start by defining terms. I think that's a great way that we normally start. I'm going to put you on the spot. I think we've done this before. Yeah. Can you give me the, the, the working definition that we go from for a functional movement? Something that you're gonna that's gonna cross over into day to day life. Okay, it does a movement yeah. that is going to cross over into day to day life. It mimics our some of the things that we do mm-hmm. every day. That's one. There's three. There's three criteria that we're kind of looking at. Let's see. I'm put, I, I love testing you because it's, mm-hmm. it's it's good. It's good for you. But what what would can you think of one of the other two? Something that hits our full range of motion. Yeah. So yes, multiple. Yeah. We call it, yeah, yes. Well, range of motion appropriate for that person. Yeah, okay. That's not one of the three, but okay. but I think that that's, because I mean, you could do a full range of motion of a bicep curl, and that's that yeah. that, that yeah. doesn't meet the cri- one of our criteria no. of a uh, functional movement. No, so. you, you, I'm not throwing cylinders today, so you go ahead. You, tell, okay. me, you I, tell me the three. All right. So we have mimics everyday life sort of things. Mm-hmm. Multi-joint meaning we're doing move, more than one joint at a time. So a squat, we're using hips, knees, and ankles, right? Yep. Deadlift, hips, knees, and ankles. Shoulder press, shoulder, elbow, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Unlike a leg extension or leg hamstring curl or a bicep curl or something like that where you're just using one joint. So multi-joint. And then functional movements for us have the potential of moving a large load a great distance quickly. So the example I like to use is comparing these things is let's compare two things that have like a few different examples. So a hang power clean goes from the barbell hanging at the end of the arms up to the shoulder. That's the same range of motion as a bicep curl. If a person tried to do a one rep max bicep curl, mm-hmm. they're going to, I mean, I don't know what someone's capable of mm-hmm. doing, but like, the strongest person will we'll say 100 pounds. I mean, it's probably more than that, but so be it. Let's just put that out there. But the one rep max of a hang power clean for the fittest, strongest people in the world is going to be, you know, 400 pounds, 500 pounds. That's a big difference because it the, the hang power clean uses multiple joints, more of the body to help move that large load. And it's going to get there really fast. Unlike someone that's going to struggle through a one rep max <laughs> curl. If they're curling a one rep max, it's going to take a long time for them to grind through that movement. Mm-hmm. Another thing would be like a snatch where we're taking the barbell from the ground mm-hmm. to overhead. Yeah. That's a much bigger distance of travel for a barbell. And people are able to do that with 
500 pounds. Sure. Like that's so they allow for that moving that larger load, much bigger distance in a very short amount of time. So I don't know, I'm snapping over here, but I don't know if the microphone picks that up. So <laughs> that may not be helpful, but it's helpful for me to talk about using my fingers, snappy, snappy. Anyway, so those are our, like the three criteria that we kind of use for, for determining our functional movements. Have the, there are other definitions and other training methods that use a kind of a different lens for thinking of functional movements. Have you ever come across any of that stuff? Mm -mm. So some of the other, often when you hear people talking about functional movements outside of CrossFit, it has to do with core strength. And that's kind of the emphasis of it is, are these things getting you moving and with more of an emphasis of core strength. So they've got things like these banded twists or like single, like a, like a suitcase carry or something like that, a heavy suitcase carry that you're like, you're loaded on one side and not equally. So the midline's having to work quite a bit. Those sorts of things, things that are done on like a BOSU ball or an exercise ball. So you're unstable. Yep. Those things are often in some schools or some practices are thought of as like that's what the, how they think of a functional movement. And an argument could be made that for you to function in life, to do the things you need to do, that everything is a core to extremity sort of thing. So, right. the, so the core of you, the center of you, the stronger it can be, the more functional mm-hmm. it's kind of, it will radiate out. It gives you a stronger foundation to be able to do all the things. And I think an argument could be made for that, but it misses some of that multi-joint full range of motion, moving large loads quickly sort of, sort of thing that that we do. And if we say this in our elements, when we're teaching people like the foundations of things, talking about every day is abs day, which I mean, every day is core work. So if you're doing a heavy back squat, your brace, you need to brace hard, right? That is midline work. No matter what, if you're doing a heavy deadlift, it's midline work, a heavy overhead press, midline work. All those things are core strengthening exercises if you're going heavy enough and working at bracing properly. So we, in that, doing those movements, the way that we define it, that midline stuff is right up in there and you get just as strong and just as capable and you're not doing anything silly on a ball. In a ball. Not that doing things on a ball is silly. I guess I shouldn't say that, but like... But it, you don't have to, to sure. do that sort of stuff. Sure. Anyway, those are kind of the two major <clears throat> camps of like thinking about functional movements that, that I'm, I'm aware of. Anyway, you, you're over here writing furiously. I don't know if you're taking notes. You got questions? Nope, just listening. Okay. So taking the category, let's talk about, why don't you list some functional movements for me? Squat. Okay, squat. Deadlift. A deadlift. Press. A press. Shoulder press, push yeah. press, Shoulder all press, those things. Press. Okay. With that, we talked about cleans mm-hmm. and snatches, so mm-hmm. getting ground to either shoulder or ground to overhead. Mm-hmm. We got multi-joint. We got moving the barbell large load quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's, you said snatch. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back there to that. So this is kind of, uh, we're going to keep moving through this list, yeah. right? Yeah. When in your life as a, mimics everyday life sort of thing. Do you lift something from the ground all the way up overhead? Well, like I was putting Christmas decorations away the other day. Mm-hmm. Did it up. you do that all in one fluid motion or did you take it to your shoulder 
and then put it overhead. Oh, some stuff I did fluid okay. from floor to overhead. But when it was a heavier load, I did put it to my shoulder and then pressed yeah. it up. So, so more of a... More of a clean and more jerk. More of a clean and a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah clean mm-hmm. it. So I think the snatch starts to blur those lines yeah. of like... If, if we have to meet these three criteria, mm-hmm. of it, like the patterns kind of mimic mm-hmm. things that we do every day, but the full movement of sure. going from the ground overhead, we don't see that very often. No, and, not often. You know. So was, is that a functional movement? I mean, yes and no. Yeah. It depends. It, the, the classic coach yeah. answer to things, yeah. it depends. Yeah. Another question is, does it does it matter? No. No. I mean, if if you want to be like categorizing things and siloing things, yeah. Yeah. But is it beneficial? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it beneficial? Well, because we do have to move things, and yeah. it is good because I'm getting, when you're doing that snatch movement, you're getting all the way from the ground. You're doing that full body movement mm-hmm. pattern from yeah. moving a large load at the mm-hmm. bottom all the way up to the top. Yeah. And so your multi-body mm-hmm. usage. So you're doing that whole movement. Yeah. You're training that speed and power thing. Yeah. But what I see for most people, I mean, eventually we get to work on that. But a lot of what we work on before then is coordination, coordination. accuracy, yeah. balance. Yeah. Yep. Coordination. Or I already said coordination. Accuracy. What's the other one I'm trying to think of? Agility. Ag- agility. Yeah. Those sorts of things. And that is incredibly beneficial for mm-hmm. our everyday life, being yeah. more coordinated, being able to put things where we want them to be so that we can be balanced. If we're moving some sort of external object, being able to move that around mm-hmm. us and move it some other place without it causing us to fall over. Right. Like all those, all those things are, are good. All right. What other functional movements might we have? Uh, one that everybody hates the push-up. Yeah. The push-up. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to use the push-up and the burpee almost together. Yeah. yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. The, and yeah, those are both burpee, I think, much more of a functional movement. Because yeah. we're like, this happens all the time where people Absolutely. have to get off the ground and mm-hmm. stand back up. The push-up being a more strict version of yep. part of, of the burpee. Yep. So if you have the burpee... Why do the push-up? Because we have to do that. What do you mean? So if, why ever, why ever have anyone do push-ups if, if we have a movement like the burpee? Why would, why would we do both things? Because there could be a point where you, you aren't able to get all the way standing up, but you would need to be able to push because push-up has all that pushing motion, whether it's on the floor or standing up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to push a car or <laughs> yeah, or <clears throat> push something away. You still have to have that shoulder power and yeah. that coordination to be a speed to get things away from that beneficial standpoint. Yeah, I think I I agree. I think that the if if I was going to try to categorize things, like I think the burpees may be more functional than oh, yeah. than the the push up in in the definition of like. Multi-joint, mimics mm-hmm. everyday life, mm-hmm. m- moving a large load a great distance quickly because the yep. push-up's range of motion is much smaller than a burpee, yep. right? We're not, yep. but we are doing multi-joint, yep. elbows and shoulders, and it requires a great deal of midline strength to hold that plank while you're moving through the range of motion. 
But if you're doing burpees and you're just kind of flopping down on the ground and using your hips to come back up, yeah, it's great for functionality and building some speed and some capacity in 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 that. But it's not a great driver of pressing strength, which is what you were talking about, right? We can yeah. use that push up to build capacity in being stronger in our upper body mm-hmm. for for pressing and pushing things. Uh, and I think that that is very beneficial. Yeah. Uh, push-ups are, are great for, for doing that, but it might not meet that, like all the criteria of a, of a functional movement, which it doesn't make it any less valuable. It's just different. What are some, something else? Pulling. Pulling. <clears throat> Pull-ups. Excuse me, pulling. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling. I mean, like, I mean, multi-joint. Yep. Yep. Uh, depending on how long your arms are, it could be a long distance, <laughs> yeah. but often it's, it's kind of slow depending of a strict pull-up. we a kipping pull-up is something different, and mm-hmm. it, which we can talk about that a little bit. So the kipping pull-up is the thing that people often see CrossFitters doing. They're flopping around on the on the pull-up bar. Yeah. That's totally fine. It is a different variation of a pull-up. It has a different purpose than a strict pull-up, and it's okay to do things with different purposes. But the kipping pull-up uses the entire body, uses a hip drive to help get the body up above the pull-up. So we're working on coordination again, and powerful hip drive and yeah. it's going to get your heart rate up quite a bit higher so then you're doing like working on those the coordination of that and the pulling strength and the hip drive all of that with, under fatigue under different like cardiorespiratory mm-hmm. metabolic fatigue rather than just a muscle fatigue which would happen more with a with a strict pull-up but yeah i think that is a movement that even with the multi-joint hip drive you know stuff that happens in the kipping pull-up it's still maybe not meets totally the definition of a, of a functional movement because it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know too, like maybe once or twice I've had to pull myself up into a window if I've locked myself out of my house Yeah. or I think I had to re- get a, a Frisbee off of a roof once yep. and I had to pull myself up off of a, so like there maybe is an opportunity where you might need that, but most people probably don't have a lot of opportunity to need that sort of pulling in that way in their everyday life. Uh, true. I also think of, you know, so my other job, I work with primarily the elderly mm-hmm. and I watch how things start to cross over and even, and I know I'm going to, you know, we're going older age, but mm-hmm. even the ability to pull on the walker mm-hmm. and then to push. So mm-hmm. it's a, they have to push down on the chair mm-hmm. to get their hips up to start the initiation mm-hmm. of a squat. Yeah. And then the coordination to move their hand from the chair to the walker and pull mm-hmm. as they push mm-hmm. with their legs. Yeah. And, you know, even bridging, mm-hmm. doing glute bridges. Yeah. We have to be able to do glute bridges to move in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's full body. And... Yeah. So maybe in our in our youth we might not always be able to think of those moments mm-hmm. but as our body ages which we've we've talked about like the aging athlete how important it is to continue to cross yep. these things over I see it more and more that I'm like oh my gosh what if we had just done some burpees yeah. just a little bit of burpee training yeah. Would we be able to help people not lay on the floor for four days? Yeah. And there's so many things that go into that, yep. but that is that 
that functional beneficial movement that sometimes, like you were saying, people are like, but why do we do this? Well, you need it. Yeah. There's a lot of these things that are very much beneficial. Like pull-ups are fantastic. Strict pull-ups are, in my opinion, better than more valuable than kipping Mm pull-ups, but they both have value. And, and that's just my opinion. Like it's, it's kind of a continuum. You can put your favorite somewhere, but but yeah, these, these things cross over definitely into beneficial and that's, yeah. that's why we do them. Anything else you think might be a, might actually be a functional movement working from our criteria? You mean specific movements? Yeah. Is there, is there any more specific movements that you would, like thinking of the three things that we talked about, like mimicking everyday life, multi-joint, moving a large load quickly, uh, that, that would actually be a functional movement. Box step-ups or box jumps. Box jumps. Box step ups, yeah, yeah. I think probably the step ups more than mm-hmm. a jump. I don't see too many people jumping up on to platforms, right? But the stepping up onto things, yep, a lot, for sure, for sure. Any anything else? I think part of the the point that I'm wanting to make here is that list of movements that we do is incredibly long. Yeah, yeah. The list that actually meets that definition of functional movements is actually pretty short mm-hmm. that meets all three of those criteria. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that we don't do these other things because right. they are incredibly beneficial. Right. So box jumps, we do those. It trains explosive power, even with a shorter box yeah. and higher repetitions. It's a great way of getting their heart rate up and fatiguing the legs and building some muscular stamina in that and working on some cardiorespiratory endurance in there. Those are fantastic kettlebell swings like mm. I, we, I mean that's a pretty simple just simple hinge yeah. movement but it trains again explosive power midline stability trains the the posterior chain and the it's a full body movement really mm-hmm. but in the way of like mimicking everyday life i don't yeah i mean a deadlift is maybe a closer to a thing that i would do mm-hmm. every day picking something up off the ground but even the deadlift if I'm picking something awkward up off the ground, I'm doing it in a wider stance yeah. to have it to kind of change the center of gravity. Okay. I'm not mm-hmm. doing a conventional deadlift when I'm picking something up because it's going to be too far away from my, my body. So even sure. that is, you know, kind of we could different variations might be more functional mm-hmm. than, than others working from that kind of that definition that we're working from. How about handstand walking, getting upside down? A lot of people like I've heard, or I've had not a lot of people, but people have asked me in the past, like, why do we, why do we do that? I don't do this any, any other time in my life. I mean, no, I don't, I don't go walking down the street on my hands yeah, me neither. at all, but putting a heavy load through your shoulders mm-hmm. is highly beneficial. And yeah. also sometimes being upside down and standing back up does yeah. help with it's actually really good for your cerebellum and your central nervous system for your coordination. It helps with all those aspects to be able to adjust to those different angles in life. So we can, we can load the shoulders with a barbell or dumbbells, right? So there's gotta be other reasons that we want to get upside down. And I think you touched on it, like the, the challenge that it puts on our brain to then, still try to move coordinate in a coordinated fashion while the world is upside down yeah. is challenging the the body control and yeah. balance that is so different mm-hmm. when we're upside down the just the motor 
like control of trying to do moving your full body weight on your arms yeah. is is different because you're shifting load side to side and still trying to be remain very very stable yes otherwise you're going to crumple under your head like those things are challenges that are mm-hmm. really hard to mimic with a with a dumbbell or a barbell and they transfer to just having a more stable yeah. shoulder better body control better 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 body awareness that sort of stuff what other what other things do we do in here we do so many things that would be i mean we haven't touched on the running and rowing yeah. and, and biking yeah. but i think that's kind of self-evident that those things are beneficial whether they meet the criteria of a functional movement i think maybe running different maybe for most people sure. like yeah you got multi-joint. You're moving yeah. your yeah. moving a large load. Your your whole body weight. You're yeah. moving it pretty quickly, and so I, I think that that would be pretty beneficial. Some of us ride bikes, but mm-hmm. the stationary bike doesn't necessarily challenge the balance the same way that a an actual bike would. But biking is is very functional. I don't. Most of us don't ride or don't have a lake where they mm-hmm. row. But, right. But these things can transfer to everyday activities. But and the benefits going back to cardiovascular and stamina yeah. and strength yeah, and all that stuff co- is there. coordination on the rower is yeah it's key yeah right there so is it functional maybe not but the benefits yeah it, and so i don't i don't want to i want to want to kind of exhaust the list but maybe not fully exhaust because yeah. we could just spend, spend a while here thinking through what could have <laughs> but i think we've covered a lot of the stuff. Yeah. We've talked about back squats, front squats, like any sort of squat is yeah. going to be great. Yeah. The overhead squat, like that adds that it changes your center of balance because so the weight is above your head. And so mm-hmm. the more, the heavier that gets, the more your center of balance moves up. And so learning how to balance those external objects with your body while you're like, there's tons of benefit in, in doing that. Even I mean, this is just a blanket statement across all of these beneficial movements. Even if they don't directly apply to your everyday life, like you don't see yourself holding weight over your head while doing a squat. Mm-hmm. The things that your body learns, the synapses and things that fire and all that stuff in your in your brain while trying to figure that out, those transfer to the things that you do have to do in your everyday life and makes you better and more capable of doing those things. And I think we've, we've touched so much on the physical aspects, but the mental of how some of these movements cross over that I don't know how many times I heard you say this to me during when I was having a dark mental health time, Mm -hmm. you said to me, Jenny, you can do hard things. And there are so many of these movements that benefit that. And mm-hmm. are, yeah. they, are they functional for your mental health to be upside down? Oh, but the benefits of that, mm-hmm. that mental component of you can do hard things. And even when I was just hearing you talk about like a front squat versus a back squat versus an overhead squat, those change like you can do hard things doing an overhead squat I will say as a cisgender female pushing weight up over my head makes me feel so good about myself and strong and that carries over. Mm -hmm. The benefit that I left the gym with after lifting overhead, Mm -hmm. that is, you can't mark that down as a number. That all is internal. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's one thing that kind of goes to the wayside about like doing a 5k. Yeah. Yep. Like you can be a boss and get a 5k done. Yeah. And I mean, I'll touch on that and then I'll touch on the, the 5k thing. Cause I started with that, but like this, this, the way we've defined functional movements is very having to do with the mechanics yeah. and how they're performed. I think that when we cross a bridge over into not necessarily functional, but beneficial, mm-hmm. I think functional movements are beneficial, but not yes. all beneficial movements are functional movements. Yeah. But that beneficial to your point is more than just physical benefit. Mm-hmm. It's mental and emotional benefit things, things that you prove to yourself that you can do difficult, challenging things. And that helps you go and face the challenging things that are happening outside of the gym, because you've already proven to yourself that, Oh, I can do something that's challenging. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. So totally beneficial running a 5k. We talked about running, running is a functional movement. uh, But why would, why would you need to if you never run anywhere in your life, why would you want to need to run a 5k? We've already touched based on so many of those <laughs> components. Have. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that it's, it's a great opportunity to challenge that cardiorespiratory endurance. Yeah. And the, the thing that we, that we haven't touched on here, but I think comes to play is the, the sickness, fitness, wellness, Yeah. sickness, wellness, fitness, wellness, sickness. That's the order it, yeah. Either way, the <laughs> continuum from sickness, wellness to fitness and how that's the more fitness you have that serves as a hedge yep. against sickness. So if you are capable of running a 5K, mm-hmm. then you have more fitness than someone that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so you are farther away from the sickness that is on your doorstep if you don't have that capacity. Yeah. And so all the movements that we do, whether they are functional or not, we do them for a reason and we do the workouts for a reason because they're helping us build that hedge between our fitness and that sickness that we don't want to have. And so that's why it's important that people show up all the time, whatever, as often as they can come in consistently doing the hard work because it's, it's not about today. It's not necessarily about, you know, the results you're going to see in the next week or the next month, though that it kind but the farther we get out from today, that's why we train consistently because that's when it's going to pay off when we're 80 and we need to not have to be using a walker. Yeah. Right. When Mm -hmm. we fall on the ground in our mid seventies and can get up, we can get up. When we have grandkids and they want to play soccer or basketball or whatever, like we have the ability to go outside and run around and jump and throw things and do all that sort of stuff. And all of this comes down like it's a move, use it or use it or lose it, right? And if you don't do those things, yeah. you will lose it and you yeah. will wake up one day wondering, why can't I run? Why can't I jump? Why can't I do these things that I used to be able to do just fine? And then it's a lot harder to get it back. Mm -hmm. So anyway, have we said everything we want to say? Yeah. I feel like you just did a little bit of a mic drop right there. So I liked it. Great. Awesome. Well, I think that covers kind of the idea of these functional movements versus beneficial movements. And Mm -hmm. 
why we do all the things that we do. Okay. Thanks, Jenny. Bye. Bye.